0: so good to be with you once again. I trust that God is showing up in a mighty way in your life today. Now, sometimes what happens in this season that we're in is we begin to look around at everything that's going around us and we begin to pay attention to the distractions and the things that are right in front of us. But I believe that God wants us to have a different perspective. What I notice when I watch the news is I see All of these leaders, these kings and kingdoms, these leaders, these presidents and prime ministers all fretting about how to lead in this moment. But I believe that God, he wants to lead us forward in this moment. And so today we're starting a new series entitled Kingdom Come. Kingdom Come. In this series, we're going to look specifically at the kingdom of God because we need to look at the kingdom of God to see how we need to move forward. We need to affix our eyes on Jesus. We need to see that he is still on the throne, that he is the king of kings, and that he is the Lord of lords, and nothing is outside of his view, and nothing is outside of his control. So I wanna take you, first of all, to the passage of scripture where we get this idea of kingdom come, and it's found in Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Just to give you a little bit of context, In this passage, Jesus is responding to people who are asking him, how should we pray? And as many of you know, it starts off by saying, our Father who is in heaven. Jesus goes on to instruct the disciples about how they need to pray. And then we land on verse 10, and I want to read this to you. This is what Jesus tells the disciples and everyone else who is listening. He tells the Father in heaven, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven i believe in this season that god wants to establish his kingdom first of all in our hearts but also in our experience and to declare his dominion that everything is under his control everything you're facing is under his control and what we need to do is be like jesus and say our Father who is in heaven. You see the things that are going on in my life. I need your kingdom to be established. I need it to come. I need your will be, to be done in my life and as I move forward in this circumstance. So here's what I wanna to suggest to you. As we start this conversation, it begins by us understanding who we are in Jesus. I truly believe that God wants to give us his identity he wants to give us a kingdom identity he wants us to see ourselves the way he sees us an idea an identity is simply this it's who we are our likeness our name our height everything about us is our identity but do you know that there's another identity that god wants to give us an unseen identity an eternal identity For one day, this body, this identity that we have, this body is gonna pass away. But God wants to give us an eternal identity that will not pass away. He wants us to embrace the identity of Jesus Christ in our life. My greatest memory about identity was the day I met my children for the very first time. I remember very vividly, like many of you parents do, that moment you meet your child and you hold them in your hands and you hold them and you hug them and you kiss them and you pray over them. And there's so much hope. There's so much inspiration that is coming from your heart about who they are and what they're gonna become. And you realize if you have a couple of kids that they are night and day. Aiden is very different than my daughter Alexis. But even so, they were both created in the image of God. One of the best parts that we did in the process of bringing our kids home is we, in effect, said, Welcome to the family. In fact, that's the title of our conversation today. God wants to say to us, Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. God has a family and He wants us to be a part of it. Yes, He has a kingdom, but probably the best way to describe the kingdom of God is that it's a family where He is the Father and we are the children. And we all get to participate and connect with one another as siblings. So today I want to share with you three ways to join the family of God. And I'm going to invite you to join me in Galatians chapter 4. So open up your Bible. Open up your Bible app. Open up your Westover app. We're going to look at the word of God together to look specifically about what God's word tells us about identity. So Galatians 4 verses 4 through 7. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. This is what it says. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts. The spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. God, we come to you in this moment. In this moment, we're asking that your kingdom come and your will be done on earth in our hearts as it is already established in heaven. Your kingdom is already established in heaven, but you're inviting us as people to establish your kingdom in our own hearts, to say yes to you. And I pray, Lord, that you would tug on the hearts of your people today, that they would affirm that they need you to be king of kings and Lord of lords in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. The first way, the first way to join God's family is simply to say yes to a new family. To say yes to a new family. Galatians 4, verses four and five says this, but when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. You know, before Jesus came to redeem us, we were spiritual orphans. We had no place to call home. We did not have an eternal home. But when Jesus came at the appointed time, He came to provide redemption. He came to provide the ability for us to be called sons and daughters of God. You know, adoption is a very powerful thing. It's a choice. Many of us, we have children, but adoption is a choice. It's the choice of someone with a lot of power and a lot of strength and a lot of resources saying to someone else who has nothing to their name, who has no home, who has no future, who has no capacity to lift themselves out of the circumstance, that person with power is saying, I'm choosing you. I'm choosing to give you a name. I'm choosing to give you a hope. I'm choosing to give you a future. I'm choosing to give you a home. Adoption is a powerful thing. And that's what God wants us. God wants us to experience in our own life is the adoption that comes from him. But adoption is a very powerful thing. In fact, I want you to hear the story of a young lady. Her name is Ivy Zazulka. She at one point did not have a family, but a family brought her in.
1: This is her story. Careful, open it up. You're about to watch this 10-year-old, whose name is Ivy, open up a birthday I present. I want you to read it. A present that is about to change her life. I'm going to be adopted? <laughs> <laughs> Ivy spent the last three years in foster care, now officially adopted by Paige and Daniel Zazuka of Athens, Georgia.
0: We love you sweetheart. <laughs>
1: But the story doesn't end there. get to take care of you, protect you, <laughs> and, Kai and Lita too. If you missed that last part, Kai and Lita too mean Ivy's three year old brother and two year old sister. The Zazulkas, now a family of five. Mom telling us today about their journey with Ivy, about this room and the first night Ivy slept over, asking if she could call Paige and Daniel mom and dad and then the second night asking if she could stay forever Can you it? the zazukas making that dream come true and living up to the promise of being a forever family you know
0: in this story ivy had a desire in her heart to be part of a family and it just so happened that the foster family that she was with the zazukas were willing to bring her in and give her their last name, but it didn't stop there. They were willing to bring in her brother and her sister, Kai and Lita, to give them a hope and a future as well. For you see, in this story, love was the thing that compelled the Zuzukas to say, I know that you don't have a lot, but I'm willing to bring you in. I'm willing to give you a hope and a future. And that's the same with God. He has a profound love in, our, in his heart for us, And he wants to adopt us as sons and daughters. He knows that we don't have a spiritual home. We don't have a spiritual future without him. And so what he does is he says, I'm willing to adopt you as a son or a daughter to give you a hope and a future, to give you an eternal hope. All we have to do is say yes. All we have to do is reach out to him. And at the end of our time, we're going to give you a chance to say yes to the extension of God, the heart of God that's saying, I'm wanting to adopt you into my family. For you see, in order for us to be a part of God's family, we must be willing to say yes to a new family, the family of God. The second way to join God's family is to say yes to a new name. Verses 6 and 7 say this, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. You know, before we were sons and daughters, we were slaves. We were slaves to our own devices. We were slaves to sin. We were slaves to just the world and the culture around us. Some people are slaves to work or uh, they have an addiction to alcohol or drugs or pornography or some other thing that holds them enslaved. But Jesus came to set us free. He came to give us freedom and to give us life. In fact, the apostle Paul writes in Galatians 5.1, he says this, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Jesus came to set us free so that we could be free. That was all he wanted for us. He wanted us to be free from the shackles and the things in our past that have held us back so that we could live free and in relationship with him. And today, if you want to be free... All you have to do is say yes to Jesus. You just have to say yes to Jesus. The apostle Paul goes on to say in the book of Romans that once we're set free from sin, that we should be slaves of God. This is what he says in Romans 6, 22. But now that you've been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness and the result is eternal life. What the apostle Paul is saying, now that you've been set free from being a slave to your past and to sin and to the things that entangle you, now you need to choose to be a slave to God. But I would dare say that God doesn't want us to be a slave. He wants us to see that we are sons and daughters. Verse seven says this, so you are no longer a slave, but God's child. Here's the good news. If we are God's child, then he wants to give us a new identity. He wants to give us a new name. Now, all of you have a name. All of you have an identity. My full name is Jonathan Mark Mussett. My first two names, Jonathan Mark, they refer to who I am as a person. Mussett is my last name. And it tells people who I'm affiliated with, who my family is with. Now, many of us, when we think about last names, we think about some of the famous last names in our culture. We think about the Rockefellers or the Kennedys or Steve Jobs or Bill Gates or other names. And we see that these names have significance in our culture. But sometimes when we look at our own last name, we realize that there's no pedigree to our last name. In fact, some of us are ashamed of our last name because our last name is associated with abuse or neglect or abandonment or something tragic happening. And so we look at our name and we look at it with shame and we realize, I have nothing in my name that I can be proud of. Well, here's the good news. With God, with God, you're more important than your last name. You are more than your last name. For you see, when you're with God, When you say your name, you're actually affiliating yourself with God. When I say I am Jonathan, I'm actually speaking the name of God before I say my own name. I'm putting the name of God before my own name. For you see, in Exodus 3, God told Moses what his name was. As many of you know, the story of the burning bush, you know that Moses was out in the wilderness and he was wandering, he was running away from his assignment, but God one day came and there was a bush on fire and the voice of God came from that place and in that conversation, Moses is arguing with God saying, I can't go back there, I can't move forward, I'm ashamed of my past, I'm ashamed of my last name, but God insists. And so this is where we pick up the story in Exodus 3, verses 13 At 14 and 15, this is what it says. Verse 13 says this. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is my eternal name my name to remember for all generations. This is the name of God. And what's interesting about the name of God here in this story and in this moment is that it's not the name I was or I will be. It is the name I am. Yes, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. But I don't know about you, but I need God to be the I am right now in this moment, in this season. Yes, I needed him yesterday, and yes, I will need him tomorrow. But right now, I need him to be the I am in my life. God wants to change our name, he wants to give us a new name. In fact, When we look at the story of the Bible, we see that God was in the habit occasionally of changing people's names. He changed Abram to Abraham. He changed Jacob to Israel. He changed Saul to Paul, the Apostle Paul. And what he was doing in that moment is he was giving each one of them a new identity. He was giving them a clarification on who they are and who they were to become and how they were to live. And God wants to do the same with us, he wants to give us a new name and a new identity. In fact, he wants to give us his name and his identity. Revelation 3, if you, if you study that chapter, you'll discover that God gives us an eternal name. He gives us a name when we reach heaven. Now, I don't know specifically what that name is, but what I see from scripture, this is my best guess as to what the name is that God gives us. The name he gives us is, I am a child of God. I am a child of God. Some of you, I'm gonna encourage you right now to type in the comments, I am a child of God. I want you to publicly declare that you are a child of God. For you see, when we say our name, when our name is written in the Lamb's book of life, our name starts with God and ends with God. For you see, I'm gonna give you this as an example. My full name is I am Jonathan Mark Mussett, child of God, son of the king. When we are his son or daughter, we get to take on his name. The other benefit with him being our father in heaven is that we get to call him our father. In, in this passage, we see that that God invites us to call him Abba Father. Verse six says this, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out Abba Father. When we come to God and we declare him as father and as king of our life, we get the privilege of calling him Abba Father. Now, if you look back to history, you'll discover that Abba Father was a term of endearment. Not everybody got to be called Abba Father. It's a term of connection. It's not just saying he is a father. It's saying he is my father. My dad, I get to call him dad. And my children get to call me dad. No one else in my, in my life can call me dad. That's the name reserved from, for them because they are part of my family, because they bear my name, because they're part of who I am. In the same way, God is saying, because you've been adopted, you can call me, you can call me Abba, Father. In fact, this is what Jesus said. The best translation we have for that prayer, the Lord's Prayer, the one that I referenced at the very beginning, is it starts by saying, our Father. I would dare say that Jesus said in that moment, Abba, Father. Father. It's a term of endearment. It's it's like calling someone dad or papa or apa in Spanish. It has that significance that it's not just a father, but it's my father. It is my dad. It is someone that I'm connected with. God wants us to call him Abba Father. He wants to be a father, a close father a father that's gonna give us good gifts, a father that's gonna take care of us, a, a father that's gonna be available to us when we're in tragedy or difficulty, that we can run to him and be safe. In fact, the word Abba, actually those, the, the, the letters in that word refer to a strong ox and a house. For you see, God is the strength of our life and he provides us with a, a house that we can run to. The Bible tells us that he is a strong tower, We can run to him and be safe. God wants us to run to him and realize that he is strong and that he's gonna take care of us in this season. But it doesn't stop there. God wants us to know deep within our hearts that we are his son and daughter. In fact, when we look at this verse six, we see something very interesting. It says this, because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba Father. The spirit of Jesus is within us shouting out Abba Father. And what I want you to know is that the Holy Spirit is like a birth certificate. The Holy Spirit is like this birth certificate. This is my birth certificate that tells me who I am. This right here, these two are the birth certificates of my children. It tells them who they are, that they are connected to me, that they are affiliated to me. And the Holy Spirit, he speaks to our heart and confirms that we are the sons and daughters of God. Romans 8, 16 says this, the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Another version says this, his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. If you have any doubt right now in your life, And you're a believer. You've made a decision. You've said yes to Jesus. Allow the Holy Spirit to confirm within you that you are a son and daughter of the king. Maybe you need to type in the comments, Holy Spirit, confirm. Holy Spirit, confirm. Holy Spirit, confirm that I am your son and daughter. The third way to join God's family is to say yes to an eternal inheritance. Verse seven says this, so you are no longer a slave but God's child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. God says, not only am I giving you a future and a home, I'm giving you an inheritance. I'm giving you something. I'm giving you something that belongs to me. And now because you're my son, I'm gonna give it to you. Now, some of us, we look at our bank account Maybe our family didn't offer us an inheritance. Maybe, again, we look at our last name and we're ashamed and there's nothing to speak of, but God has an eternal inheritance to give to us. 1 Peter 1.4 says this, we have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the the reach of change or decay. What God is saying in this moment is, I have an inheritance for you and it's beyond the reach of decay and it's available to you. All you need to do is say yes to me. And as I was preparing this message, I received a message from one of my friends and he said the following quote and I'm sharing it with you today. You cannot earn what is freely given and you cannot lose what can never be taken. When God gives us his name, when he gives us an inheritance, he says, I'm never gonna take it away from you. The only way we lose our affiliation with God, the only way we lose our inheritance in God is if we choose to reject adoption. If we choose to walk away and say, no God, I don't wanna be a part of your family. Other than that, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the inheritance that God has for us. And so today, I wanna extend an invitation to you. Maybe you're here and you realize that you are outside the kingdom of God and you desire for God's kingdom to come in your heart. You're desiring for him to make a home in your life. You're desiring for him to lead your life. You're wanting to have an eternal inheritance. You're wanting to be adopted as a son and daughter. Well, today there's good news because you can say yes to God's offer of adoption. And it's very simple. All we have to do is acknowledge him. All we have to do is believe in him. All we have to do is confess that we need him as savior and Lord of our life. And so if you're here today, If you're listening to me and you've never made a decision for Christ, I want to extend an opportunity to you today. Maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you've said no to the inheritance. Maybe you've said no to being part of God's family. Well, God has great news for you today. He's still extending that offer of adoption to you. So if you're there, I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I need you to be Lord and savior of my life. I need to be forgiven for my sins. Your word says that you came and you paid the price of adoption. And so today, I choose to be adopted by you. I choose to become a son and daughter. I choose to say yes to your kingdom. I want your kingdom to come in my heart. I want your will to be done in my life as it's already established in heaven. I need you, God. Kingdom come. King come in my life right now. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you made a decision to follow Jesus and to say yes to the adoption of God, I want to say, as I said at the very beginning, welcome to the family. Welcome to the family of God. You are now part of his family and everything that he has and all that he has available is made available to you his name his future his home his eternal inheritance is available to you I want you to know that God is going to advance you because he's the king of kings and the lord of lords and so today if you made that decision here's what I like for you to do I like for you to type in the comments yes Jesus yes Jesus I want to know that you've said yes to Jesus, so type it now. And I wanna invite you to take one more step. If you have said yes to Jesus today, what I'd love for you to do is to click on the link or text the number on your screen. We want to rejoice with you. We want to celebrate this making you journey in your life. We wanna celebrate the fact that you've been adopted by God. Now, we're gonna worship together and discover that God is adopting us as sons and daughters.